This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. And in those days a decree went out from the Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken, that take, was taken place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to their own towns to be registered. And Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. And he went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her to be delivered of her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And in that region, there were shepherds living in the fields and keeping watch over their flocks by night. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you was born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place which the Lord has made known to us. And so they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child laying in the manger. And when they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. The Gospel of the Lord. And so, Heavenly Father, as we come to your word, we pray that we would hear not just the words of men, but the words of God. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. I want to take that as my text this evening, Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. If you're making use of the Pew Bible, you can find that text on page 1018. Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, and beginning at verse 1. And so the angels say to the shepherd in verse 10, Don't be afraid, the news is good. <laughs> Don't be afraid, the, good, the news is good. Indeed, as I was reading this text from Luke chapter 2 and was preparing for this talk, it was that phrase from verse 10 that really stuck out to me. Don't be afraid, the news is good. And perhaps this phrase struck, or stuck out to me because so much of the news that we hear most days isn't very good. 
But what the angel says in our text and what the shepherds heard was good. And their lives were transformed by it. Indeed, notice again, beginning at verse 8. And in the same region, that is, not very far from where Mary and Joseph and where Jesus was born in the village, in Bethlehem, there was outside of the village shepherds who were in the fields. And they were keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord, Luke says, I'm supposing that Luke got it from Mary, and Mary got it from the shepherds. <laughs> An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were filled with fear. But the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you that you will find this baby wrapped in swaddling claws and lying in a manger, a feeding trough for animals. And suddenly there was with that angel a multitude of angels, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And then the angel went away from them into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they made haste. They dropped what they were doing and went and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. Let me tell you about what was told us about this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in their heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. And so the shepherds heard the good news. Indeed, God came to them via an angel, which is not an unusual mode of communication for God when God is doing something new or has some great important thing to communicate. Indeed, the word angel, malach in the Hebrew or angelos in the Greek, means messenger. And so that's one of the things that angels do. They deliver messages, in particular for God. And so God sent this message via the angel, the angel of the Lord, as we have it in our text, or if you like, the Lord's messenger. And so the angels spoke on God's behalf to the shepherds. And the news that the angels delivered was good. And this good news that the angel delivered to the shepherds wasn't just for the shepherds. No, indeed, as the text says, it, it's good news for all people. This is why we sing joy to the world. We don't sing joy to the shepherds. And we don't sing joy to the Jews. We sing joy to the world, which encompasses the shepherds and the Jews 
and everybody else. Indeed, this good news is for all people, which is also the message of Christmas, and that is that a, a Savior is born. That is our Savior if we're trusting in Him, and that no matter who you are or where you come from. Indeed, John explains this good news famously in John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. You're all familiar with it, or most of you. For God so loved what? The shepherds? God so loved the Jews? God, no, God so loved the world. That is, all people without distinction, regardless of your gender, regardless of your nationality, regardless of the color of your skin, God loves you because you're part of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He gave the son. We're talking tonight about the nativity. The birth of the son, which is, of course, central to the message of Christmas. But, but he wasn't just born. He was given. In fact, that's the, that's the language of the prophet Isaiah. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. In fact, when you read the first chapter of John, we find something else. He's given, he's given to the world. He's the one who created the world, and there's nothing in the world that was created without him. This is the son who has always existed together with the father. He's born. He takes on human flesh. He takes on humanity. He's born, but he's also given. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish. This is the salvation. What? Deliverance from death. Which Paul says is the wage for sin. The wages of sin is death. And so deliverance from sin and its consequences. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. I don't know if you're counting how many times the phrase the world appears in those, those two sentences. Four times. It's all about God and the world. What we're celebrating tonight is about God and you, about God and me. And four times the world is mentioned in these two verses because the good news is for everyone. And so the shepherds heard the good news, but not only that, they also believed the good news. And this is signified in them taking action. They heard and then they acted. In fact, notice again verses 15 and 16. And when the angels went away, that is the angel who came and gave them the message, and then this multitude of angels appearing in the sky and praising God in the highest heaven, etc. When the angels went away from them, that is the shepherds, into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go! Wow! 
Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste. That was that they were in a big hurry. And they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And notice the response. Their response to what they saw and heard. They didn't, they didn't just say to one another, wow, you know, <laughs> can you believe that? I mean, that's awesome. That's what we do, like, wow, you know, it's like religious entertainment, like, wow. Like when you watch a religious film, right? Or maybe you might watch a documentary about some saint or some committed person, and when you're done, you go, wow. But you, never, you don't do anything with it. But they didn't do that. They weren't just, uh, they weren't just awed by what they saw and what they heard. They believed what the angel said. They believed what they saw and heard, and their faith was displayed in the action that they took. As true faith always is, displayed in action. In fact, it was Donald Miller who famously said in his book, Blue Like Jazz, what I believe isn't what I say I believe. What I believe is what I do. What I believe is not what I say I believe. What I believe is what I do. In fact, if you want to know what you believe and where your values lie, it's pretty simple. Look at your calendar. How do you spend your time? Look at your bank statement. Where do you spend your money? That's what you, whatever else you say. Well, you know, it's more blessed to give than to receive. But you don't give anything. Or if you give something, it's what you can spare. So apparently, it's not more blessed to give than to receive. Apparently, your life says that it's more blessed to keep than to give. Or whatever it might be. That's just one example. What I believe isn't what I say I believe. What I believe is what I do. And so the shepherds believed the good news. And not only that, as the text says, the shepherds also shared the good news. This is really great. They heard, they believed, and they shared. Indeed, notice again, verses 15 through 20. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. We were, in, we were just out there in the dark and Jacob was talking about the stars and we were looking at the ones that he was pointing out when all of a sudden the stars, forget about it. We thought, we thought that the sky had exploded and an angel came and spoke to us and we were scared to death. The first thing he said to us was, don't be afraid for I bring you tidings of great joy for all the people and on and on and on. They went, and they told us about this child, and they said we would find him lying in a manger. What We had never seen a, a baby, anybody putting a baby in a feeding trough for domesticated animals. 
But when we arrived, it was just like the, like the angel said. And all who heard it, Luke tells us, wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary, she didn't say anything. In fact, she had heard some things before. And this just sort of seemed to be confirming what she had already heard from an angel who had come to her. So that wasn't like, well, you know, angels don't come to people anymore. <laughs> but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen just as it had been told to them. And so just like the apostles who would come after them, the shepherds could not keep silent about the things that they had seen and heard, which is always the case if we have indeed ha had a genuine encounter with the living God. And so the news that the shepherds heard was good, and their lives were transformed by it. And truth be told, the news is still good. And if we would be transformed by it, as the shepherds were, then we will respond as the shepherds did. And that by hearing the good news, and I mean really hearing it, my gosh, you know, how many times have you been at a service like this and heard this story and came in and walked out? I don't know, some of you, some of you, your hair on top of your head is as gray as the hair on the front of my face. I'm, I'm guessing that maybe you've been to a few of these. I've preached a few of these. But to really hear and to really understand and then to really believe, entrust yourself to it, to act upon it, not just rehearse it, or give mental assent. Belief in the biblical sense is not just mental assent, like, oh yeah, well I believe in God, I believe you know, that God exists. In fact, uh, the writer of James says, yeah, the, the demons believe in God and shudder at the thought of it. That's not saving faith, that's not transformation of life. That's just mental assent. I believe, in, I believe in God and I believe the universe is expanding. The expansion of the universe doesn't generally have any great impact on how I live my life from day to day or how I relate to God or how I relate to other people. But I give assent to it. The scientists say things are moving out. But really believing the good news and acting on it. Because as Miller says, what I believe isn't what I say, but what I believe is what I do. And so responding as the shepherds did is done by believing the good news. And then finally by sharing the good news. And sharing the good news because you've really heard it. Maybe for the first time, it like the penny dropped. The seed sunk in. And is beginning to flourish and bear fruit. Because you've really believed it. And because you've really been transformed by it. And so you can't keep silent about what you've experienced with God. 
As you know, the commercialization of Christmas is, in our culture, a deeply rooted thing. In fact, for most people, it's the only version of Christmas that they know, which is a very different one than the one we've been talking about. But Christmas, rightly understood, indeed, is much more than that. The babe in the manger is the same one who becomes the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And the one who is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world is the one who is coming again in glory to judge both the living and the dead. But that's not something that need to, to cause you fear. If you respond to the good news the way in which the shepherds did. And so I wonder if you might be willing to do that tonight. And that this Christmas would be different than Christmases before. Would you be willing to hear it? Would you be willing, willing to believe it? <laughs> would you be willing to share it? Because it's made a radical transformation in your life? Let us pray. Lord, help us. We need help. Well, you know that. That's why you sent help. <laughs> That's why you sent Christ. He was born, but he was given. He was born, but he was sent. And he still speaks. The humanity that he took 2,000 years ago is the same humanity that is his seated at your right hand until such time that you say to him, the time is now, and he returns to judge both the living and the dead. But you're patient. And not willing that any should perish, but that all should repent and come to a knowledge of the truth. And so, we still have time, apparently. But we would pray, Lord, that we wouldn't waste any more of it. Because whether we live to be nine or ninety, life is short, as Max Licato said, and the kingdom of God lasts forever. And now is the time of testing. Now is the time to respond. Now is the time to know and to understand and to believe and to be transformed. And so, Lord, we pray that you'd work a heart, uh, work a, do a work in our heart that we can't do for ourselves. Open our hearts, Lord, to this Jesus Christ who loves us so much and who is so worthy of our love in return. I pray in his name. Amen.